The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. Well, you know, we're into February <laughs> and boy, this time has just really flown. And, you know, as a listener of this show, you know, we have a lot of uh, influential exciting, interesting folks that we have on this show. We try to spotlight those that are doing great things in Sumner County that are making an impression. I happened to hear this gentleman speak, and I kind of knew of his story, but not what I heard. And in fact, it is coming from his very own lips. You are going to be amazed and in wonder, as far as I'm concerned, because it's the most incredible story you probably have ever heard. So I want to introduce to you Steve Luther right here. Steve, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I, and I glad am to be here. So glad you're here, <laughs> and so are you. I'm very, sure. very glad to be here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you, you've kind of gone through a journey over the last couple of years that uh, would probably amaze people. Let's let's talk about it. I and mean, whatever you feel comfortable with. Sure. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I know what you went through, what your family went through. And it, it's it's an interesting story. So let's kick it off and just let everybody know who you are. Uh, well, Steve Luther, I've, I've uh, lived here uh, since 2002. Was born and raised in Houston, Texas. Went to college there. Moved to Maryland for a little bit and then moved down here. Um, got into real estate. So I own a, uh, a real estate brokerage with my wife and, and a business partner uh, down on Music Row in Nashville. I've heard of that guy. Van Hoy, Van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is a character. Yeah, if say if that. you know Van, yeah, you you don't forget him. <laughs> yeah, he's got the the best open mouth smile I've ever seen, <laughs> <laughs> and he convinces everyone to do that with him. We actually have pictures of him with the, the mayor, the governor, like anybody you can think of. Has, has done an open mouth yeah. picture with Van. So. No, he's a great guy. So. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <he> go is. ahead. <laughs> no, no worries. Obviously, the real estate market changed a little bit when uh, when COVID hit. We uh, we kind of went into isolation mode. We were doing a lot of virtual showings and things like that and working from home more than, than anything. We managed to escape COVID, or so we thought. Mm -hmm. I guess this was uh, summer of 2021. We decided, you know, we've been cooped up. Let's uh, let's do some traveling. Let's We, we booked a trip to go to uh, St. Lucia. The day before we were getting ready to go, our son, our middle son, we have three, got COVID. And so, oh. yeah. So he wasn't able to go. He, he didn't have any symptoms. Uh, he just tested positive. So wasn't able to get on the flight. Grandparents agreed to watch him. The rest of us went to St. Lucia. Um, got back, had no no problems. Everything was good. Couple weeks went by. Again, we thought, ah, you know, we we made it through unscathed. And and then my youngest son got COVID uh, from school. Within a, a few days, uh, my wife came down with it, and within a few days, I came down with it. And this time, we had symptoms. You know, okay. it, it was like the flu. We weren't weren't feeling well. Temperature, the whole deal. Yeah. Temperature, yeah. the whole deal. My youngest son got better after about a week. He was doing fine again. Uh, after about a week, my wife got better. I had a few days to go. Thought, eh, no big deal. A few days, I'll be fine. So did um, you take the home test or did you go into Walgreens or a doctor or something like that? Both. Okay. We do home tests quite frequently now, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> so we we had an opportunity to get it was almost like a booster kind of thing we hadn't had the vaccines okay um we never never got around to that and uh, but there was an opportunity to do that but i was like a ah, few days i'll be fine no worries we ended up having a hacker break into our our company files and our bank accounts that was an ordeal so the last two two days before i went to see the doctor i was battling with a hacker because i'm my background before real estate was it okay so i'm kind of our de facto it guy <laughs> so i'm battling a hacker trying to to lock him out of everything and and get him out of the accounts and yeah you know we're going through it and, and nashville pd tells us it was the worst hack they'd seen in the city i mean it was intense amazing um, we finally got him locked down but i think the stress of it me not getting any sleep well that's what i was going to ask yeah because you prior to that i mean health wise i mean you had no you didn't have oh, I, yeah, symptoms I'm, of anything else yeah no no pre-existing conditions yeah. or anything i mean i was i was you know pretty healthy guy yeah. um i you know could have exercised more but <laughs> i was i was a reasonably healthy guy right. um, so this thing stressed you out compromised the immune system bam it yeah it got a hold of yeah i and i, I it, it hit me in a bad way uh wow. so i went in to see the doctor uh this would have been i think August uh, 29th or so, the doctor said I needed to go to the ER like right away. I uh, wasn't oxygenating well. Uh, my oxygen wasn't getting above 88, which is kind of the level that they look for. Like you got to be above that right. or, it's, or it's it's not good. So uh, went into the ER on August 30th. You know, they, they just didn't, they didn't have beds were they having it a was, ventilator shortage back then yeah because i remember that yeah it, it was it was yeah. questionable if anybody could get in uh get a room or anything so went into the er they uh, gave me oxygen they sent me home with oxygen uh, and just told us just you know monitor it if if you know it becomes a problem then come back uh well next day i'm back <laughs> wow um, my oxygen was dropping rapidly so um on september 1st my my oxygen wouldn't stay above 88 at all and i was uh, admitted to the icu on the second they were able to find me a room uh this was at sumner regional okay. um in gallatin i mean we'll get into it but i just shout out to all those guys over there the doctors and the nurses were just yeah some regionally yeah they're they're right on on staff there yeah i mean the funny thing is in retrospect had we known how bad it was going to get i don't know that we would have gone some to regional we we, you know we may have thought oh vanderbilt or centennial you know Mm -hmm. like a a bigger name that you know you know in hindsight it it was it was definitely a, a god thing that we went there they were uh, they were incredible. It was a, a different experience than I think you would get at a lot of places. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were very kind and caring and made a lot of accommodations for for me and my wife. At the time, you know, there were rules in place for COVID. Uh, you couldn't have visitors, so you know, I had had to say goodbye to the family and go in. Didn't know when I was going to be able to see them again, but. Um, that's that's kind of the way it was sure uh, so they would do things like they would they would roll me to the window so she could see me from the parking garage and so she, she like sat that. up in the parking garage oh she was and eventually had signs and she was there daily the, yeah. yeah wow yeah, it was yeah it was it was really hard on her you know with me being as sick as i was and her not being able to you know just be there in the room with me but i'm there a few ga- a few few days go by and I'm, I'm getting progressively worse september 5th uh, both lungs collapsed and uh, and i got put on a vent I had a couple chest tubes put in later on uh, that month. I had an, a third chest tube put in, and the doctors at that point gave me like a fifteen to twenty percent chance of survival. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> so it was it was a tough time. Uh, mm. it, was, it was very rough on Ashley. By the night, the doctors called Ashley and told her it was it was time to come say goodbye. Wow! Um, and um, that was Ken's thirteenth birthday, <laughs> uh, my youngest. Who, if you remember, who Ashley got COVID from. 
then I got COVID. So Ken blamed himself. Oh, um, can't can't do that. Yeah. Wow. That was a rough time for everyone. You know, Ken. Well, she was put up for like devastated. Wife of the Century award. Uh, <laughs> she probably should get that. She, she should. Yeah. Uh, she was incredible through this whole thing. I mean, just what she did was unbelievable. But it was a tough time. And then she came up there. Uh, they allowed her to come say goodbye. And when she got there, I stabilized. <laughs> I mean, no, no explanation for it. Just her being there in the room with me, I stabilized. Uh, that was the point that I, I had my right lung collapse again. The third chest tube was put in. And then on September 11th, which uh, was two days later, is uh, is Ashley's birthday. Uh, so my wife, uh, on her birthday, uh, my heart stopped. Uh, <laughs> is yeah. this amazing? Or I, I, Wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it was it was stopped for 13 seconds. They were about to hit me with the paddles. Started up again. I had several uh, infections at that point, and it was it was pretty rough. But well, it just came seemed back. like it kept getting worse and worse, right? <laughs> yeah, and think throughout it, I mean, there were you know there were ups and downs. You mm. know, I would get better, and then I would take a turn for the worse, and I get better, and I take a turn for the worse. It was it, it was it was really hard on Ashley. Uh, I was unconscious for a lot of it well, yeah um so you know i didn't i didn't have to deal with the emotional side of it you know i had the physical stuff i was dealing with but but for ashley i mean you know she's she's dealing with this yo-yo yeah and and not able to to be there with me right. and uh you know and so she's you know she's at the parking garage every day she's you know in the church every day she's you know well she's pretty she, much calling she, she didn't eat for like two weeks wow um so yeah she was well, she's calling all the shots at that point for you yeah obviously so yeah so we uh, luckily we we had you know all of our our trusts and wills and all that stuff done and so she had authority to you know make all the calls okay. and, and do yeah. all that stuff but, so after her birthday you know my lungs started to get better again uh, a few days went by and and i started to improve we're um, seeing some hope coming and yeah you know, around this time you know ashley was posting on socials we, we saw them yeah we, we did. had yeah. you know we had so many people you know sending cards and commenting and and just showing up you know so many of our our neighbors and uh, our, our uh, church friends and just random people would it end up you know showing up at the hospital they would show up at the church they would show up at our house at one point ashley woke up and there were like seven neighbors out mowing our yard <laughs> <laughs> But well, they see, that's would, how folks around food. here are. That's the great oh, yeah. thing about it. It, yeah. it. it was it was incredible to see. I mean, well, I didn't see it, but it was incredible <laughs> to hear about. <laughs> it was incredible for her to see. But I mean, everybody was just just amazing. Uh, we we couldn't have asked for a better community to be a part of. And I will forever be grateful to uh, to the community for the support that they gave wow. my family. You know, lungs started to get better, uh, and then of course September seventeenth took turn for the worse again. My O uh, two was maxed out again at this point so i just wasn't able to to oxygenate i started having blood and and poop basically backing up in my stomach brown stuff coming out they were concerned about my my kidneys at this point i mm -hmm. uh, thought i was going to need a blood transfusion so you know ashley made arrangements and we didn't even know this was a thing but uh, you can actually specify who your blood is for. So she went to give blood on, on my behalf. So if I needed a blood transfusion, it would be her blood that I would get. That was pretty cool. When she was getting ready to go, the doctor called her again. This was, I think, on September 24th. Uh, the docs called and said, yeah, you, you need to cancel that appointment. You, you don't want to be very far. He's, he's about to go. So again, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the verge. 
she she's got to be emotionally <laughs> drained by this point uh no most definitely wow <laughs> it was it was it was a tough time i i ended up getting a blood transfusion the next day of course she hadn't donated yet so it was uh, some random person that saved my life and um had a ct scan uh had kidney stones and a large spleen but again i started to improve wow um, so you're doing doing the roller coaster thing doing and, the roller coaster well this this roller coaster is going to continue because we're going to take a break just real quick okay. we're going to be right back and continue this story. Jeff Shannon right here. We'll be back with more Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight with Jeff Shannon. On this Sunday morning as we continue this amazing and incredible story. Uh, we've been talking with Steve Luther. Steve has gone through an ordeal, of course, with his family and his wife. They went through tons of this because he slept most of the time, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's pick it up and continue. It's just, sure. just so amazing. So uh, a few days after the, the first blood transfusion, uh, I ended up uh, hyperthermic and septic, uh, was in kidney failure, internal organs were shutting down, I was beginning to have heart failure. They called Ashley to come say goodbye again. 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 Wow. <laughs> Had another blood transfusion. At this point, Ashley came to say goodbye, but she stayed with me for 26 hours. I, I stabilized again. And uh, something and she, about her presence that brings yeah, you back. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, there was definitely every time she would come, I would stabilize. And at this point, when she had been there for 26 hours, she refused to leave until they agreed that she could come back every day, at least for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it was a policy that no one really wanted to enforce. You know, the, the nurses and the doctors. They saw what what would happen when she would come. Yeah. They all wanted her to, to be there, but uh, but the hospital uh, allowed her to to start coming every day, and and you know the, it got longer and longer, and and finally they changed hospital policy, uh, so people were allowed to come okay. you know, be with their loved ones, which was yeah. a great thing. And so she would come every day at that point, and she'd be there from eight in the morning till eight at night, as many you know many hours as she could be there. I started dialysis at this point. They were pulling uh, as much as four liters of fluid off of me every day. Crazy. Yes. <laughs> wow. I ended up with all total. I'll I'll kind of summarize up October, but uh, in October I, I I had multiple blood transfusions. I ended up with ten blood transfusions in total throughout the whole thing. Beginning of October, I started to develop a a little bit of a sore on my bottom um just well, from, just laying there all that just time from laying yeah. there all that time yeah it was no big deal at that point but it turned into one we'll get, get into that in a minute but early october i took a turn again at this point i was completely non-responsive uh, i had no gag reflex any reflex of any kind i had what they call low voltage delta activity encephalopathy basically the um, the neurologist told her i was brain dead at the stem there was no hope um, she should pull the plug. It was over. <laughs> so the next day, my niece uh, organized a prayer vigil at the hospital in the parking garage. And we had over 600 people show up uh, there and online uh, to participate in this prayer vigil. A couple of days later, I woke up. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Jeez. 
Yep. A few days after that, I started developing another sore, had more blood transfusions. Well, this sore got pretty bad, though. Yeah. It It got bad. Yeah. Um, They ended up replacing my vent. Uh, I was having uh, all kinds of false readings on the vent. Once they replaced the vent, all my my vitals started to look better. Uh, I didn't have heart failure anymore. Uh, so at that point, they were able to put in a trach and a feeding tube. Now you're you're not supposed to be you're not supposed to have a tube down your throat for more than like 14 days. At this point, I had one for six weeks. So there was you know question how much damage was done yeah, to my yeah. my throat, my vocal cords. Yeah, you know if I'd be able to speak again. You know there was really no way of knowing. Right. But at this point, I was I was put on a trach and a feeding tube. The uh, the dialysis has been uh, back down to three days a week, and uh, my lungs were finally starting to to show some improvement. So end of October, the uh, the nurses at Sumner Regional showed Ashley how to suction my lungs. I had a lot of mucus plugs mm-hmm. and things like that, and they'd have to suction it so I didn't suffocate. And so at this point, you get moved to a, sort of a transitional facility. Uh, it's called an LTAC. I went to Select Specialty Hospital in Nashville, uh, and that's uh, where you go to get weaned off the vent, get a little stronger, so you can you can either start rehab or uh, hopefully go home. So November first, uh, I was transferred. But wait, and, there's more. Oh yeah, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> so get to Select. I get uh, a speaking valve on the second day I'm there. Made the the first sound I'd made in two months. You know, it was nothing spectacular it was just ah <laughs> but that was that was it uh, but i i could at least make a sound so that was that was promising about 10 or 12 days later uh, the bed sore had developed into a sore about the size of an eraser still you know wasn't wasn't a huge deal wound care felt like the uh, the sore was getting better and now at this point wound care the entire wound care team at select quit and no one told us they just stopped showing up we had no Whoa. idea <laughs> The nurses, I think there just weren't enough nurses for the number of patients. There was a problem with, you know, travel nurses versus staff nurses getting hours and the way they were being paid and everything. It was, it was a fiasco, but I would hit the the call button and no one would come for hours. So if Ashley didn't know how to suction my lungs, I would have suffocated on multiple occasions. Uh, So we, we realized that's why they taught her how to do it because they knew what, what we were heading into Mm. had more blood transfusions there on transfusion number eight ended up with a trolley which is basically where fluids start to fill your lungs again uh, because they'd given me the blood too fast had to deal with that by november 26th um, my fever had spiked to 104 i was in intense pain had uh, very low blood pressure uh, very high heart rate and they just kept telling her that i was just uti and they gave me uh, tylenol that was uh, what was prescribed. Yeah. Now, by this point, the the bed sore had gotten big enough where Ashley could put her fist in it. I wow. mean, it was massive. It was, I never realized what a bed sore truly could be until I saw the, the picture later. And it, I mean, it blew my mind. The, pi- the pictures were amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm just like, how can that happen? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it, yeah, it looked like something you would see on a corpse i mean it was just part of your spine actually broke off did it not yeah so um we'll get to that that was that was christmas day (laughs) that's next um but yeah so so that's the 26th and um and i i mean i was i was rough uh we asked for a transfer to uh, to go back to an ICU. They didn't want to do it. We ended up calling 911. <laughs> uh, <laughs> having an ambulance come get me. And, uh, and I, was, I was rushed to Centennial Hospital at that point. It was 
pretty close to select. Um, so it was a short drive, but they didn't tell the ambulance I was on a vent. So they showed up with an ambulance that didn't have one. Uh, so they had to bag me from one to the other. When I got there, the doctor said if I'd waited another hour, probably would have been dead. Uh, again. Again. <laughs> yeah. So the 29th uh, was my birthday. I turned 50. We had planned on celebrating my 50th birthday in Grenada, um, but that obviously was not going to happen. Right. <laughs> Um, I started dialysis again. My uh, my boys were allowed to come see me for my birthday, uh, and we all prayed. Now, a couple of days before this, when I had first gotten to Centennial, they did a CT scan again and saw the bone infection uh, where the bed sore was, uh, osteomyelitis, and they also saw signs of cancer. So, uh, the day after my birthday, uh, after you know we we prayed as a family, they did a, a partial colonoscopy. They couldn't go in very far because of the bed sore. And the cancer was gone. Wait a minute. What? And, yeah. It <laughs> was just gone. No explanation. <laughs> just gone. And the pain was gone. I, I felt fine. A few days later, I was able to, to stand up with assistance. Uh, but I was able to stand up for the first time. I was able to hug Ashley, which is, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was a big deal. Um, a few days later, I was able to, to start eating some regular food. So I, I ate some applesauce. I ended up getting uh, another UTI right around then and took another turn was delirious from the uti i couldn't do basic math uh, i mean it was crazy i was trying to pull my my tubes out my ivs out i had lost my mind mm. and uh it was at the weekend and uh, they couldn't get a hold of the doctor <laughs> and so i couldn't get an antibiotic without the doctor say so ashley found a way <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i ended up getting antibiotic and i got better immediately after that wow um, so I was able to, uh, to start standing with a walker mid-December. I, uh, was able to get off the vent mid-December, so just right after that. Uh, and I, I kind of started a regular diet at that point as well. So, you know, things were looking, looking good again, was moved out of the ICU, uh, was, you know, basically just kind of waiting for transport to back to Sumner Regional to inpatient rehab. And then the pain got really bad again. And at this point I was on the cardiac floor that was just where they had a bed. And so they didn't really have any experience with, you know, someone destatting and having to deal with mm -hmm. suction and all mm -hmm. those things. And so I had a blockage and my oxygen was dropping and they called the rapid response team. Everybody was freaking out. And Ashley got there a little while later and realized I just needed suction. So she was able to suction the mucus plug out and I, I got better. Um, but because the, the rapid response team was called and everybody freaked out, they canceled the, the transport to rehab. I uh, wanted to hold off on that. And then because of that, insurance denied inpatient rehab. So at this point now, we're, we're battling with insurance to try and get me to rehab. So then Christmas Day comes. I've got severe pain in, in the bed sore again. There's something white floating in the bed sore. It looks like a loose tooth, but it's Christmas. And so there's no doctors. And it was a Friday. So we had the weekend as well. So it was three days before anyone was able to come take a look at it. And uh, it was part of my tailbone had fallen off uh, from the osteomyelitis and it was wow. just in, in, the, uh, in the sore. And, you know, they were wanting me to, to do PT and you know, get up, move around, sit and all those things. And it was, I mean, it was painful, wow. <laughs> but they, they were able to come remove it. I'll give a shout out to my, my wound care guy, uh, Lucas Newfeld. He was awesome. I mean, he, um, he really 
I mean, he saved my life too. What they were able to do with that that bed sore was was amazing, and how quickly they were able to heal it. He's actually battling cancer now. Oh, yeah. So we've uh, you know we've been cooking for him on the weeks that he has chemo yeah. and and trying to take care of him. But but anyway, so you know, flash forward, things are getting better. You know, finally end of December, the, the trach was capped and finally removed. The beginning of January, I was off. You know, all all the tubes were out. I was off all monitoring, just kind of waiting waiting to find out what was going to happen. January 7th, we got tired of waiting. So we just, we checked ourselves out basically. Well, like we're going home. So I had to arrange oxygen and all that. I was on a wheelchair for yeah. months. You know, I was, I was on oxygen for, for many, many months. Just recently was able to get off, you know, got, got better. Uh, was able to, uh, to, to take our team to Jamaica in the summer. My bed sore had healed up like the week before we were going. So I was able to get in the ocean and get in the pool. Uh, wow. And, yeah, another Look miracle. <laughs> <laughs> um, had a few things left to deal with. You know, I was still going through PT. In uh, October, I started uh, hyperbaric treatment, which is, uh, it's like the oxygen tanks that like divers use. Mm -hmm. That actually fixed quite a few things. So I had numbness in my leg that went away. Uh, my eyes had extreme light sensitivity. That improved. I also had hernia surgery the week of Thanksgiving. What Where else? the feeding <laughs> tube had been pulled out that had caused an incisional hernia. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, but that's all healed up great. I'm great. back in the gym six days a week. I'm on the now treadmill an hour Steve every now, day. Right? Back yeah. to the old me, pretty much. The last thing uh, to tell you, this happened last week. Through all this, my lungs were like half capacity. You know, I had a lot of lung damage. They told Ashley that most likely I was going to have to have a double lung transplant at some point. So, yeah, I was, I was at like... 40, 45% lung capacity. The test showed my, I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but it's it's like the gas exchange rate was uh, 36. 80, 81 would be like a normal reading for that. So last week I went back to do a lung test uh, after I'd done hyperbaric, which hyperbaric was because of the bed sore. Yeah. Um, they don't approve it for, for uh, COVID, but yeah. the doctors were all curious to see. I had an 81. <laughs> They, they couldn't wow. believe it. It was like I had never been on a vent, never been in the hospital, completely normal. Well, we know who's in charge of that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Folks, we've been talking with Steve Luther, and if you if you followed the story, you have to go back and listen again on the podcast page at whinradio.com because it, it's just a phenomenal story, maybe movie of the week. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this blows Rocky out of the water, man. You know, you fought all the way back. I mean, it's it's an amazing story. And I have to say, and I'll speak for Ashley, she's glad you're here. <laughs> Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, thanks so much. I wish we, we could talk another hour, but, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you coming in and, and revealing this, uh, you know, and exposing all of this because I think people need to hear it because there are amazing things that happen in this world and our bodies are incredible on what they do and how they heal and the things that they do. And having people backing you up and being there for you means a lot. I mean, it, it's and I will say, you know, we, we've talked to so many people through the course of this, you know, people that went through similar situations, people that are going through similar situations. And yeah, I'm I'm happy to talk to anybody that you know wants to hear more. How, about how would they this. get a hold of you? I mean, they can they can call me. I'll, I'm happy to give out my cell phone number. I don't know if I'm supposed to do that here, but <laughs> yeah, whatever um, you want to do. Sure. Yeah. So my my cell phone six one five two one eight four seven five eight. You can hop on on the website. You can see all my contact information there. Cordrealestate.com. Cord is C H O R D, like right. the music cord. So cordrealestate.com, you can look up my email address, all that stuff. And I'm sure you see you on Facebook. You can see me on Facebook, yeah. Um, Ashley posts more than me on social, <laughs> so uh, she she posts a lot about updates. But Well, yeah. well, again, man, thank you so much. Uh, we're, we're so glad for you and your family, and thanks for Appreciate sharing. It. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right, that's going to wrap it up for this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. We'll be right back with more right after this. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Well, welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. Your host, Jeff Shannon here. And of course, this broadcast every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock got to write that down plug it in mm-hmm. now if you happen to miss the show it's on our podcast page at whinradio.com as you've been hearing and just look for this particular podcast and uh, should be right there on top i wanted to bring in a young feller right here that uh, i was just fascinated i heard him speak uh, recently and this is kevin harrison now he's with the tennessee college of applied technology and Kevin, I, I was just totally fascinated by your presentation. So I guess we should just start off, let everybody know who you are. My name is Kevin Harrison. I'm originally from, still live in Westmoreland, Tennessee. So been there all of my life. I'm a sixth generation from Westmoreland. Well, me and my brothers have raised our children. And now his, uh, I've got great nieces and nephews. So we, we either wasn't smart enough to get out or they couldn't run us <laughs> off. One of the two. But I've been in Sumner County and uh, all my life. I actually, when I graduated from college, I started out my career at the uh, News Examiner in Gallatin when it was more of a local Mm -hmm. newspaper before the Tennessean took it over. So I got to know a lot of people in the area between Hendersonville and Gallatin and that community and did that for several years. I've been with the Tennessee Colleges of Applied Technology now. I've been uh, with them for 14 years. Started off as an instructor. Okay. Uh, in an administrative office technology classroom. They sl- they needed some help in student services at the college that I was at. I slipped into that role, and I was just doing a lot of administrative work uh, initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I come from a sales background. I sold advertising at, at the News Examiner. I sold for Fleetwood Homes Manufacturer there in Gallatin, which at that time was still in Westmoreland. And they double booked. They needed somebody else to go out and to speak about TCAT at one of the schools. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'll go. Well, <laughs> All I can do is talk, okay? I can't build or fix anything, so well, all you, I'm good at is talking. If you just weren't so shy. I'm very <laughs> shy. I'm a very shy individual. So I went out, talk about what our school is, and I get really passionate. Mm. If you believe in something, I've learned that a long mm-hmm. time ago. It's easy. You're not selling anything exactly. when you believe in it. That's right. And, and I believe in what we're doing, that we help a group of people, a segment of people who need that extra attention so that we can get them trained and get them to work. So I just go out and do that and just kind of flooded from there. Spoke at a lot of different high schools and a lot of different organizations. And I've had the privilege of being at the TCAT in Portland this past May. And I'm the campus coordinator there for Portland and Springfield. Nashville is the main campus over that. So I'm still talking. My family would laugh. If I'm not talking, I'm asleep. Okay. <laughs> so, but uh, but that what we enjoy doing is talking about the successes of our school and our programs. And uh, my dad was in Tool and Die here in Sumner County uh, okay. for all his life. And if I'd have had any talent in that, you'd have never met me because that's <laughs> what I would have done. But I just have naturally no skills whatsoever uh, like my dad uh, uh, has. But, but you can talk. I can talk. So we need to get you a radio show. I can talk. There's a funny story about that. <laughs> when I was born, born there at uh, Sumner County Hospital, I'm sure is what it was called. Mm-hmm. might have been called Gallatin Hospital at that time in 1971. They swaddled me all up, handed me mom, and they had did all the checks on me and the nurse said has anybody checked in and around his mouth his tongue and all that 
And my mother said, no. And they, she kind of swabbed under and she said, we're going to take him. Well, apparently I don't know all the medical terms. I had too much skin under my tongue and they okay. said, we're going to clip his tongue a little, clip that skin okay. so he'll be able to talk plain. All right. My mom used to say that she said, I believe they cut it, clipped it <laughs> loose at both ends. So it just flops all the time. She loved telling that part of it. But I owe everything, well, to the good Lord and to that nurse who done her job. I would and never if thought it hadn't of that. Been that. I wouldn't have taught plane. Then I couldn't have fixed or built anything and I couldn't have taught plane. I don't know what I'd have done. Yeah, yeah. Been the greeter <laughs> at Walmart, I guess. Well, either that or you come do uh, sell radio with us. Come uh, on. Yeah, yeah well, I've, I've sold a few things, advertising, and, uh, mobile homes. And, and now I don't consider this what I do today selling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically making people aware of their options so that they know that there's another way. Absolutely. Uh, because uh, traditionally speaking, I hear I was at a high school and maybe even a middle school, and I heard someone make the statement to a, a group of the kids. They said, everybody's not meant to go to college. Mm-hmm. And immediately I thought, okay, I'm in their shoes. And I'm hearing that. And I think there's a kid there thinking, well, they mean me because I'm not I'm not very academically driven. Well, what they really meant was everybody doesn't have to go the traditional route. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to go to a community college or a university to mm-hmm. be successful. Well, we're the non-traditional route. And I knew then... It, it's kind of like presenting a sermon uh, to church on Sunday. You've got to let them know what's available to them sure. so that they can take advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, if you don't it. know. That's really all that I do. Absolutely. Uh, they, they, Everybody else, my instructors uh, do the hard work. <laughs> the students put in their effort. Yeah. I, I get the easy part. I yeah, just get yeah. to talk about it. The college has been around for quite some time, though, right? Oh, yes. It's uh, Ticket Nashville's been there for over 50 years. Wow. The Portland campus has been there around seven or eight years, I believe, is the, about the time frame that it's been there. It is at what I call the old Portland High School because that's how old I am. It's now, <laughs> I believe, Portland East is where that it is. I forget Portland East West. But it's the, the school, the old Portland High School where the football field is. And there's a vocational building there to the uh, left of that. Well, that's where kids from my school used to go to get their vocational training. Okay. So if they wanted to weld, they got on a bus and they went over there. And now we have a lot of different programs that we offer there for not only uh, adults, but for high school students at the Sumner County Middle Technical College. The courses that you have here... You want to cover a few of those so people might say, well, I like practical nursing. I want to do that. Exactly. Uh, Well, at our Portland campus, and I'll mention uh, one or two from our Nashville campus, but our Portland campus, uh, we do a lot of different things. And uh, and a lot of people don't want to sit in a classroom all day long. Mm -hmm. They want to get hands-on. And that's where our programs really come in handy. They're about 25% book work and 75% actually doing it. That's a great, Uh, that's great. I can read about doing something, but I don't mean I can weld or I can do anything else. You've actually got to apply it. And that's how we do. We show them how to do it, and then they apply it. Then they've learned it. So we show show them those things. But we have cosmetology uh, there at our uh, Portland campus. It's 1,500 hours. That's governed by the uh, State Board of Nursing. We have a computer information technology program. Those guys come in handy for me a lot when I don't (laughs) know what's going on with my computer. They do computer repair, networking, and network security. Okay, so they can get A plus, network plus, and security plus certifications, be able to go straight out into the workforce. Mm-hmm. We have a, I'm, I'm mentally walking around my building, so these are not okay, alphabetical. Right. We have a building construction technology program, which is doing a great job uh, teaching some hands on skills. Uh, they do everything from the framing portion of it all the way to electrical and plumbing as well. So they get a well-rounded view of everything is in construction. We have welding technology. Uh, that's a one-year program. They love everybody you meet. You could talk to a doctor, a lawyer, anybody. 
they all want to talk about welding. It's a great <laughs> program. It's in. It, it's, I don't know, I guess it's macho thing. I don't know. But females, we've got a lot of females that are going into welding, and that's something we want to mention, too, is that it doesn't matter, male, female, Hey, if you're good at something, that's, that's what you it. need to do. Welders are coming out. They're making some serious oh, money. Oh, they're making oh great my gosh, money. Right out oh, of school, right? All, all of our programs are. We have machining, which is, in my lifetime, again, I said my dad worked in tool and died, and he was an engineer or became one. Well, with machining today, it seems like kids don't know what it is. The public don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But everything we have starts in machining. The equipment that's in this room somewhere was manufactured, Absolutely. and it started with tool and die it started with machinist and that's a high demand field here in this county Uh, all these manufacturers that's building parts they need machinists Mm -hmm. everyone around from beretta to you know you name it Uh, Mm -hmm. that's just one that comes to mind we also have an industrial maintenance program there now these are the guys that man they just fix stuff i say that work really hard in spurts i'm sure they get mad at me when i say that <laughs> but they're very good at tracking down what that problem is they're very they don't like to sit still okay they don't like to do the same thing every day so they like a variety of work and those industrial maintenance people they make great money i've got plenty of stories that i'll probably tell uh <laughs> a one or two about those and then we're gonna uh, we have a practical nursing program there at Portland. It's a one year program. It's a very high intense program. Uh, but they can go to work nursing homes, hospitals, doctors' offices. They get a lot of clinical experience. Stuff that would gross me completely out. So that's what they do. So nursing, this would be like an in- introductory nurse. Yes. Then so you, you move can go on like to... a CNA, which is okay. a, a, a certified nurse and assistant. Okay. Then you can do an LPN, which is a licensed practical nurse. The practical we do the practical nursing education and training and then they take a state test and then they can move on up and be an RN. Okay. And if they want to go on up and be a, uh, a nurse practitioner, in fact, I've met a lady, she started out as a CNA, did LPN, did RN, uh, nurse practitioner. So the ladder is as high as anybody wants to go. And we had someone a long time ago at my previous school, uh, the nursing coordinator says LPN does not stand for low paid nurse. Okay. (laughs) It's all truly a licensed practical nurse. And it's someone that when you get them and what they're doing, and I can tell this story, I was, uh, at another TCAT for quite some time. I was going to another campus one day and I witnessed direct. Okay. The, uh, the motorcycle was doing a wheelie. I figured it was one of the auto or welding students going Mm -hmm. to school. Quite honestly, because it looked like something they would do recklessly. Mm-hmm. As he came by me, my window had been down. I could have touched wow. it. Well, he hit the car behind me. And I do not do good with blood or mm-hmm. bones or any of that. <laughs> I, I pass out. I can handle me. I can't handle anybody else's. So I'm out of the car, stopping traffic. The only, the least qualified person, okay? And the only one out on the road, stopping traffic, trying to help the lady in the car behind me who had an injury, but nothing life-threatened, children was safe. She says, I believe he went over here, which would have been about 50 to 75 yards from impact. So I'm walking over there. There's motorcycle parts everywhere. I Mm -hmm. see a shoe over here. Luckily, it wasn't a foot in it, or I'd have have just fell over. (laughs) And all I'm thinking is, what am I going to do when I get there? He's going to die if he's dependent on me, not because I wouldn't want to help him, I want to know what they've done. I don't CPR. I thought if I see a bone, I'm going to just, I'll be down. Well, all at once I seen this lady pull up and she started running and she ran over and I could tell by how she was moving and what she was doing as she was over him. I thought, good. She knows what she's doing. So she starts hollering at me. She said, Mr. Harrison. And I wasn't thinking clearly. I wasn't hearing my name, even yeah. though that's what she was saying. Yeah. I was kind of in shock. She said, go to my car, get a blanket. 
he's in shock. And she said it like two or three times. And all the time, I'm thinking, I'm in shock. I don't know about him. I need a blanket. <laughs> so as I get closer, she quit the niceties. And she just yelled at me strongly, Kevin, go get the blanket in my car. And I looked. It was one of our nursing students. And she was there. And what she done because of her training yeah. and education and yeah. practical experience to help save the man's mm-hmm. life. Now, he had two broken legs, and I'm pretty sure both arms were broken. It was bad. Mm-hmm. He would have just, I, I don't know what he would have done. Yeah. He, he, uh, if he had to defend it on me, mm-hmm. he would have died. Mm-hmm. But by what she done and her training. Yeah. So that's what we do at TCAT. Somebody might think, well, maybe they don't do as much in that program. Well, they do enough to save people's lives sure. and to really step in and do that. And I would dare say any of them would not like being called said, well, you're not as much of a nurse. Right. They're a nurse. Hey, if you're, you're doing it right. I mean, that's, that's a great profession to go into. And I think the fact that you guys are offering this on, on a practical situation, because oh. you, look, you learn by doing it. You, yes. you could do book work all day long, but until you actually lay hands on it, it doesn't I, I, sink in. I'm that kind of learner myself. Yeah. If I'm just listening to somebody or see a PowerPoint slide and, and there's nobody talking and I'm just reviewing something, it doesn't have yep. a life to it. And until I actually do whatever it's instructing me to do, I really, it doesn't become real to mm-hmm. me. So we train people. I mean, they're in there cranking, they're turning wrenches, they're wiring things up, they're uh, sawing, they're making things on mills and lays and CNCs, they're uh, program, programming those, they're diagnosing problems running wires, doing hair, and nobody can see me, but I, they never do my hair, okay? <laughs> I'm just this side of bald, so they don't do my hair. But they work on that continually along with nursing and all the other programs. Uh, we have a great diesel program down at our campus in Nashville. Uh, but all these things are high demand. Yes. None of these things are, there's no demand for you. If you get a degree in something that is not in demand, then that degree for what you studied really won't help you. What we use is technical things to help. Well, you know, it's great things that you're doing here, and they come right out of the school making some serious jack. So I'm just saying. We're talking with uh, Kevin Harrison. He's with the Tennessee College of Applied Technology. We have so much more to talk about, and we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back with Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning. Continue our talk with uh, Kevin Harrison. He's with Tennessee College of Applied Technology. Look, a lot of these courses I'm looking at really pretty quick. So anywhere from 12 to 20 months, I guess. Everything we do is 20 months or less. Okay. So we don't do general education courses like a community college or a university. Nothing against those. That's right, just right. not our what okay. we do. So if a person's not interested in taking literature or art or biology and those kind of things that really do not apply to everyday schoolwork mm-hmm. or, or to work applied, then we don't focus on that. We train on what you need to know so you can get to work. And I was really a TCAT kid when I was at MTSU because I was bored. I didn't <laughs> like it. I didn't see the point in it. Yep. I Trust me, I can't draw. I can't color. Uh, I can still remember I've, my mom showed me as I got older a report card from kindergarten. First report card. It says he can't color inside the lines. You know, and, and you know what? I still can. I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. I was, but I didn't care about that because I knew I'm never going to use this again. I don't know what that painting's supposed to mean. 
But when I got into the classes that really mattered to what I thought I would do mm-hmm. for a living, mm-hmm. then it got my interest. Well, that's what we do all day long. So a person wants to learn how does this machine work? How does the wiring work, the motors, the programming? How does all that work? Well, industrial maintenance, they can figure that out. Mm-hmm. And we show them that to actually get their hands on it. And from time to time, they'll work on something in our class, mm-hmm. you know, within the building. And that you can say that about HVAC or any of the other programs that we do. Uh, because for years, when I was in high school, Kevin, you need to go to college, get a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't want to go to necessarily college. But again, I've already said, told on myself, I couldn't. I was not mechanically inclined. You know, building and fixing things was not natural to me. So I'm like, okay, that's what they think I ought to do. Well, they've done that for many years, as we all know. Now we have a gap, a gap of people who don't know how to do the everyday things. Employers need more people, Mm -hmm. and we're here trying to help fill that gap. But we need even more people to be able to come in and get trained. And you don't have to be right out of high school. You can be an adult. I've seen people want to change their careers. Some people have come into me in the past say, I just do this. Now, I don't believe that. If it's an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, there's no, I'm just this. Mm-hmm. Anything that anybody does is worthwhile, okay? But I've noticed that the, a lot of people, the bigger difference between making $25 an hour and 18 of course, now that 18 is more like 20 and <laughs> yes. 25 is more like 30 That yeah. difference of 8 to $10 more an hour is really training. It's not work ethic. It's not I show up every day and I show up on time and I work really hard while I'm here. It's really just skill. Well, how do they pick that up? They get trained. So, you know, I was wondering, do employers actually come to you? I mean, you All have a long. list of that you can place people. Oh, you have a they, placement they kind of program. I, that's what it, I can okay. consider. It. I say it on the uh, other end sometimes when I'm recruiting in a high school. But if I know where the fish are in the lake, that's where I'm going. Well, they know. Hey, they've got welding. They got machining. And they, they got, got training. They got all this. They know we're training them. Yeah. Who do you have? I say sometimes they get them before they come off the line. People wow. say, well, when's your next graduation? I said, if you wait to graduation, you've waited too late <laughs> because we're more than likely done co-oping those students, and they're already working. Could they intern while they're going to school? We do more of what we call co-op. After they get a certain okay. point through the program, now nursing doesn't do this because right. of their clinicals and things, sure. but most of our programs do. And there's an opportunity for an individual to go to work, and they can go to work. Well, they basically they go to work all week, and they have to come to us one day a week. They get paid for that by that company. Now, nice. it's not a long-term binding contract mm-hmm. unless that company and that individual say, this is what we're going to do. But then they get real-world experience, plus they're making a little money. Absolutely. More times than not. I don't want to put a high, uh, certain percentage on it, but I'd say it's very high. Mm-hmm. That's where they wind up working after they leave yeah. because then they've got real work experience. They've seen that student show up every day, show up on time, work and do the job, be productive. That's what they want. Yeah. It, it's a it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we do that a lot. They come to us. We go to employers. What do you need? What is your – do you have people there that need training that we could, you know, take this person that's working on the line or doing this job that you know is a great worker? Well, could we teach them some skills and training that helps you in another department? So there's always an option to be able to train people. And a lot of people don't come to us. I learned this well before. They look inside their wallet and they go – we don't have enough money for college. Mm-hmm. That was the case several years ago. They would look, and I would, as I learned about financial aid and how that all worked, I said, you let me worry about that part. 
Let's do everything we can to get you ready for college. And there's something called a FAFSA. It's the scariest thing that anybody has ever done. Okay, everybody out there. Going through it. (laughs) Everybody feels so scary. Well, people at TCAT, we've done one or two of them. Mm -hmm. We're like that one commercial, I think, insurance says, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. That's kind of how we are at TCAT about a lot of these things. So we can help a person do a FAFSA. There's no reason to let that stand between them. The state of Tennessee, our previous leadership, said, you know what we need to do? Got all this excess money sitting there in coffers, doing nothing. Let's guarantee every high school senior free tuition to go to a community college or a TCAT. Tennessee Promise. Tennessee Promise. Yeah. That's where we met. Tennessee Promise meeting. So there's no reason for an individual to not be able to go into school. And then they said, you know what? What about adults who are working a job that maybe they're not making the wage that they mm-hmm. really need to be making to be successful? I told you this as we were talking beforehand. I went to a high school to recruit, and there was an ag teacher. And how my whole job uh, is to get people to come to our school so we can get them jobs. He literally starts out and says, now, you guys don't want to get jobs when you get out of school. And I just melted. I thought, what? That, what that's doing? my whole stick. You're killing me, dude. And he said, job stands for just over broke. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait a minute here. Yep. His name is Mike Potts. He's no longer an ag teacher, but I got to give credit to where credit is due. I did not come up with that, but I've sold it everywhere I've been. <laughs> he did not want them going and getting a job for, at that time, would have been $12 an hour, which to a high school student at mm-hmm. that time, 14 years ago, man, they won the lottery. Oh, sure. that's huge. Or 15. Yeah. And they oh, I've got all I'll ever need. But then in a few years, you know what they're making? Maybe 50 cents more. Yeah. So what did he wanted them to do was not to settle early, but to raise that ceiling. And the difference between a job that you start out at a high wage uh, and one with training, you start out at a similar wage, is how high is that ceiling? If you start out at $18 an hour and the ceiling is 20, it's not very high. Mm-hmm. If you start out at 20 and it's 40, there's where I want to be. Yeah. And and that's what we look at at adults. And that program's called Tennessee Reconnect. They live here in the state. Mm-hmm. They've been here for a year. They're 24 or older. They're not in default on a student loan. They can come to TCAT for free. Now, it's for tuition. doesn't okay, cover right. books, but mm-hmm. it covers the tuition. Well, there's a big load off of them right there. Mm-hmm. So they can come. They can get retrained, trained in something new, so they can go to work. Tennessee Promise. There's no reason for a student. Not so to do a new things. student coming in, you you go walking through all of these. Oh yes, sir. Let them know everything that's available to them, so they can. Uh, and, we're and get hand them holders. I'm hand holder. Okay. I, 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 my my thought is is if I need to make it easy for them to get in, I don't want them to have to say no. I can't do this because I don't understand that. Let me walk you through it. And our staff at both campuses does a great job, as all TCATs do. But you know, financial aid's a big thing. Oh wait a minute. Now we've took that out of the way. Now you don't have to worry about that. Now let's figure out what you really want to do and let's get your passion so you don't get a job where you can never get ahead. And people worry, and I've talked to groups of parents at parent nights, and I know what they're worried about. Same thing my parents were. Mm -hmm. They believed a salary was way better than an hourly wage. All right, my dad, he wanted us to have salary. And and that's great. No, Mm -hmm. Uh, me and my brothers have been very blessed in our life. I have one that works for Sumner County Schools in Purchasing. I have one for works for Fleetwood Homes in Purchasing. They buy stuff and I try to sell it. Okay. (laughs) So, and we all have education, higher education, work on salary. Well, you know what happens when you work on salary and you have to get the job ain't done and the time is up for that week, 40 hours have been hit, Mm -hmm. and you have to work 50. Guess what? A salary person 
has to do. Work for 10 hours for free. That's right. (laughs) An hourly person, which is how my dad uh, grew up and how most parents my age grew up, their parents grew up working on a salary or on an hourly wage. So they're getting saved time and a half for that 10 hours. When you start adding that up, they start making some real good money. And if our people in industry are not working, we're all in trouble. We're all going to suffer. If machinists aren't working, the factories aren't working, if they're hurting, I can assure you, if we're not producing things in this state, we're all in trouble. So are we still having the same issues with employers that they cannot find people who want to work? Yes. Even at a higher wage, like you're talking about, they're still having a hard time getting people who actually want to work. It it is difficult. Society's changed a little bit. Uh, COVID, obviously, as Mm -hmm. we all know, set us back, but we can't use that excuse anymore. That's right. Now we've got to put our big boy pants on and uh, we've got to go forward and say, okay, what do I want for myself in my life? When I'm at uh, at Tennessee Promise meetings, I always ask, how many kids want to move out of their parents' house someday? All right, and there'll be, you know, there gets a laughter. And then I ask, how many parents want your kids to move out someday? And off of your Love payroll, it. because, you know, kids are expensive. All right, I only had one, and, and she wasn't bad, but raising yeah. a child is expensive. Yeah. Well, if you want to have things in life, and I know money does not bring happiness, but it can bring a whole lot of stress without what you need. Mm-hmm. If you can't pay your bills, you're turning your lights off, your power, those kind of things. That brings stress. So you need a career, not just a job, a career that leads to higher employment. Now, I, I can remember, and this is, goes back several years, so these figures would be different today. Mm-hmm. But I can remember several years ago, I had a student in industrial maintenance. Uh, and he was from Westmoreland, Tennessee. He works in Portland today. I'll leave his name nameless. That way I protect the innocent, okay? <laughs> but he came in. His, you know, he was not really motivated initially. That's not unusual, okay? Filling his way through, and then the light clicked on. He started co-oping. And back then, if you was making $15 an hour co-oping, I mean, you were killing it. He graduated. The day he graduated, they gave him a $5 an hour raise. So he went immediately to 20 He become a rock star sensation among TCAT mm-hmm. and among the little community. Because it's like, oh my gosh. You know, if you add that up just on regular salary, that's basically $40,000 a year. Well, they were working a lot of overtime. Well, within time, he was making twenty-five, dollars and then thirty. dollars They were training him on robotics, which we do as well. Oh, do you? Maintenance okay, program. that's great. They invested more in him. A lot of our students that work in that field of maintenance and machining and those things, with the overtime they get, pulling down six figures. Now, I don't feel sorry for them that they didn't go to a four-year school and get mm-hmm. a university degree. They leave with absolutely no debt, all right? So they're no strain on us, and they're making a wage that does what? People in the community. What does it? What does a TCAP mean? It means they're going to make more, and what do they do when they make more? They spend more. They buy houses, okay? Mm-hmm. You know why? I, if I was a real estate agent, I would be all over TCAT. I'd want them <laughs> to know. I'd want them to believe I was the only real estate agent out there because someday, you know what they're going to buy? A house. Sure. All right, if I was a banker, I would want to be at a TCAT and be visible there. Why? Because they're going to need a loan for that house. If I was a real estate, uh, an insurance agent, all those things you say, well, the more they have, the more it costs and the more they do. And then they spend more retail. Guess what? Drives all that, which does what? Helps our local school systems, helps our state. So I heard a uh, legislative leader say one time, I believe he's a senator now for the state. He said, a better career for a person does a lot of things keeps them off of government programs. When they have health benefits, guess what it does? Makes sure that they're a healthier person, which does yep. what? 
less stress upon the state of Tennessee. So all those things, it, it helps with homelessness. It helps with uh, the family unit. All that has helped. And it, when you think sometimes a TCAT employee thinks, maybe we're we making a difference. We're making a difference at 26 TCATs across the state of Tennessee. And one of them just happens to be right here in Sumner County. And they've got it all right there at their fingertips. All they need to do is come. You know, let's figure out what's best for them. Let's get them in the career path and let's get them to work. This is so amazing. People can come out with a career for the rest of their life, actually. So this is, this is incredible. And I think more people would love to take advantage of this because I don't want to learn, have, I go through English and history and chemistry for doing something that I really want to do. I want to get down in the meat and potatoes of it and start doing it. But, you know, you guys ha- have these great programs here. How would somebody get a hold of you? They can, one, they can go to our website. A lot of people in, in ties, a lot of time we think everybody goes to the website. They can yeah. go. TCAT Portland's website is actually under TCAT Nashville. So they can go to www.tcatnashville.edu. They can give us uh, a look for us there. They can actually set up a tour. Okay. Uh, it's a future student section. You can actually set up a tour. Uh, they can call the main uh, our campus there in Portland at 615-325-5575. And there's selection to the front office. There's okay. selection for me. And uh, But I mean, we can do anything that they want us to do to try to help them. Yep. But my advice would be is, hey, come. I've never bought a vehicle online. I know a lot of people do that. <laughs> I like to kit the tires. I like to take it out for a test drive. Yeah. I like to see when I'm Absolutely. Buying. We invite them to come take a look. Okay. Talk to us. The people that are working there, there's one, two, three, four, four of our instructors have been through TCAT. Okay. So, that experience. you know, that, that, that right there is a testament to what they right. do. They're all very good in their, their area, and we'd be glad to help any way we can. It's very interesting. We're talking to Kevin Harrison with the Tennessee College of Applied Technology. You have to check this out, folks. What is your new tagline now? Our new tagline is, We Build Careers. And yes, you do. Man. If you want to, you want a career, new career, you got to check them out. Kevin, thanks for so much for coming all the way down here. Uh, I very glad to be here. I would be remiss without mentioning it's the leadership of our Chancellor, Chancellor Tidings at TBR, and my president of TCAT Nashville, Mr. Nathan Garrett, and the things they do, and the people of Sumner County. You want to know why it's successful? The people uh, of the county, the business and industry and the leaders mm-hmm. that help make that successful. There's a lot of credit to go around. Everybody doesn't get the credit they deserve. The people that made sure that that institution come there, it's awesome. That's great. Okay, Kevin Harrison, we appreciate you coming in. Thanks, sir. And that's going to wrap it up right here for another segment of Sumner County Spotlight. Don't forget to join us next Sunday at 10 right here for more of Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.